Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, nerds. Welcome to Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam. I'm not joined by Jill today because she's got a hectic as hell schedule. So I am joined by the person who fills in at this point anytime Jill can't make it. It's Mallory O'Meara from the Professional, or from the Professional, from the Reading Glasses Podcast. Mallory, hello. Hello, hello. I'm always happy to be uh, Jill's understudy because like, oh, you need another person with book tattoos and glasses and and pink hair to fill in I'm here (laughs) listen everyone I don't like normally when I ask Mallory to do this it's at least like the week of and I'm like hey it's gonna be a hectic week or like Jill's on vacation can you do this I sent Mallory a text this morning while she was still sleeping and she woke up and was like, sorry, I was sleeping. Yes, I can absolutely do this. So, (laughs) well, uh, it it always makes me feel like book, like a book superhero, you know, and just like, Hey, can you come talk about books? I'm like, I'm ready. (laughs) I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. (laughs) There's a, someone had, there's a book signal. It's being shot into the air. It's just an open book with glasses over it. And it's like, that's, that's, they're playing Mallory Ramirez theme song. Is that what's going on? (laughs) Yes. it, It goes for both of us for professional book nerds and reading glasses we look in the sky like oh it's the book symbol yeah we're needed (laughs) someone must need a recommendation Uh, (laughs) so as with every single one of these that we have ever done Mallory and I are just going to go back and forth and talk about books that we have been reading or are reading or have loved lately just a bunch of recommendations I'll throw them in the show notes Um, I'm going to have Mallory talk about something very specific when I get to my first book that I'm currently reading um, which will come up just shortly but if you guys want of course you can always email us at professionalbooknerds.overdrive.com uh you can find us on twitter and instagram at probooknerds you can go to shop.overdrive.com and get a libby pride t-shirt if you want all sorts of fun stuff um so we're gonna go back and forth and the reason i'm not gonna let my guests start is very very important because the first book i'm reading right now that i'm just adoring and taking my time through is like the slowest i've read a book all year because i don't want it to end is oh, girly Adam. drink it's girly drinks by mallory omira <gasps> my guest on this particular episode <laughs> <Adam>. <laughs> listen at the time of recording yesterday the cover and the pre the you know the pre-order stuff started so i'm gonna let you do like a, just a real quick introduction because spoiler alert for everyone including mallory mallory's gonna be back when the book comes out in october when jill and i are both thank here to you, talk about Adam. it thank you thank both of you uh yeah so for your listeners uh curly drinks is a nonfiction book and this is a history of women making drinking and serving alcohol all over the world from the dawn of time until now <laughs> uh it's, it is a it's a book very much geared towards like foodies, culinary people, wine fans, women's history buffs, feminists, anyone who's like into any of those the intersections of those things. And it is, uh, it's not like Lady from the Black Lagoon, which was my last book. There's no memoir part of it. There are lots of snarky jokes and footnotes, footnotes. but there's no memoir. It's just a straight up 
sort of a micro history, cultural history um, about women drinking and, and making booze. And it's not just one particular alcohol, it's beer, wine, cocktails, any, any, any single alcohol you can think of, women were crucial to the invention and popularization of it all across history and every single country up until today. <laughs> It's, uh, I'm loving it so freaking much. And I'm going to put a link for everybody in the show notes so you can go pre-order it. It is available anywhere books are. And not only am I reading the, I feel so fancy when you're, you guys have me like the bound manuscript version. Those, it's like not oh, even yeah, that's the gally. hardcore shit. Oh, yeah. Oh. But I just, I will put the pre-order in there so that everyone can do what I did yesterday and pre-order. And then when we have you come back and in October, we'll talk more about it and we'll talk about favorite cocktails and all sorts of great stuff. But um, that's my first book that everyone else can read in October, but I am loving Girly Drinks by Mallory O'Meara. So what, what's your first book? Thank you, Adam. I am, I'm going to hold up my little e-reader that my brand new Kobo to show you. Right. Um, I am also reading an arc that I'm really excited about. It's called The All-Consuming World by Cassandra Cobb. Ooh. Yeah, it's coming out, I believe in September or October, sometime in the fall. And it's a great, great book for, um, for fans of people for, for fans of things going wrong in space and getting the band back together and cr gay criminals. If you love books about being gay in space, this is the book for you. It's really, really fun. Cassandra Kaw is a, a sort of a sci-fi horror writer that I'm a big fan of. And this is her, her debut novel. Uh, and it's about this group of sort of like space criminals and they used to be called the Dirty Dozen. Um, and But what happened is during their last sort of heist um, crime spree, whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, everything fell apart. You know, a bunch of bad things happened. They've all sort of separated. And um, the main character, she's been in many, in many different cyborg bodies since then. Um, but they have now been tasked with getting the band back together, getting all the, all the space criminals back together to figure out the mystery of what, what, why the, their last mission went wrong. And of course, things keep going badly. Um, definitely things going wrong in space, but it's a blast. If you love, you love any kind of book about like getting the band back together, getting a group of friends or a group of criminals or whatever, this is the perfect book for you. Um, it's up for pre-order now, the cover's out. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I'm really excited about it. Sounds so good. Um, okay, my next one, I'm going to check. Okay, this one actually is available for everyone else now. I was just making sure. Um, I was talking about this yesterday with uh, Zakia Harris, who is this week's episode. She wrote the other Black Girl, but it's foot. I don't know. I'm going to show you, even though no one else can see this. It's called Footnotes. Um, oh, I've never but, heard of it, but you okay, know I love so, footnotes. Yeah, so yeah, I, I thought of you because I was like, wait a minute, footnotes, what? Um, so it's by Kasim Gaines, and it's all about there is... In 19, let me make sure I get the date right. Um, in 1921, there was a Broadway show that was released called Shuffle Along. And it was the first all black casted, like wildly popular Broadway show. And it basically changed the landscape of American entertainment. And it, it really like, it's, if you're thinking of like, obviously people think of Hamilton or like the Wiz or like Porgy and Bastards. I'm a big, one of the other intersections of my nerddom is Broadway. And so when I saw this coming out, I get really excited, but it's basically the story of Shuffle Along, this wildly popular Broadway show with an all black cast. And Cassine Games basically like takes the reader through 
like the Roaring Twenties and what this show is all about and then how it's still having lasting effects on pop culture today. But like there is all of these behind the scenes interviews with the all black cast members with like opening night. They were like, well, this is great, but one of us is definitely getting murdered tonight because like the, it, it was in the early, it was the 1920s and they were an all black oh. cast on Broadway. And so, but it's just like, if you're a fan of Broadway at all, if you're a fan of, um, honestly, books by like Marie Benedict were like talking about like unearthed people in history who haven't gotten their their proper due or like Kate, Kate Moore, who at the, the, if you're listening to this first thing in the morning, I guess on Thursday, you could sign up for our event with her on, at 3 p.m. today. Um, like it's just a, such a powerful story. And it's so, so good. I, and oh man, I just, if you're a fan of jazz or Broadway or just like, early American entertainment footnotes by Cassine Gaines. It's delightful. So what that is your awesome? Oh, it's so good. And it's a nice big, like chunky read too. It's perfect. For yeah. Like, it's a honking summer read. It is a nice honking summer read. So what is uh, what's your next one now? Uh, so I've been blessed with an embarrassment of riches uh, this late spring because a bunch of authors that I'm a huge fan of have all come out with new books. Um, and one of them was one of my most anticipated books of the year and it did not disappoint. It is um, Helen Oyeyemi's new book, Pieces. So good. Oh my God, I'm nuts about it. So I, I love Helen Oyeyemi. She's my favorite we- weird fiction writer, which is saying a lot because I love weird fiction. And this book really delivers. It's about this couple and they're going on what they're calling uh, their honeymoon trip. They've sort of been newly unioned. They didn't want to get married, married, but um, they've sort of been joined. It takes place in the UK and it's, I, I guess it would be like our version of a civil union, uh, mm-hmm. but they still want to go on a honeymoon and they, well, one of their one of the members of the couple's aunt or mom, I think aunt, buys them this train trip um, on this like luxury, nice train and really excited. So they're like the book opens and they're getting on this train. And of course, train's pretty weird. Uh, they have they discover right away that they have some very strange, both of them personally have strange personal connections to both the train and the pe- the other weird people who are on the train. And they're starting yeah. to unravel this strange mystery of why they're on the train, what's why does this train exist in the first place? It's very dreamy. It's very surreal. But the whole book, it really delves into the weird experience you have of when you break up with someone, this person who was very intimately involved in your life just like doesn't exist to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a strange, it's such a, such a strange thing. Uh, and this book really is an amazing exploration of that metaphor for that. Um, it's just a blast. I absolutely inhaled it. I loved it. It's definitely going to be one of my favorite books of the year. Uh, what is your next book, Adam? Oh, that's such a good book. It's so weird. And so it's weird. It's they do write such weird fiction. It's the best. Um, so my next one is, let me see this one. You know what? I'm gonna wait. That one comes out in September. I'm going to try to do books that people can actually read right now. I'm sorry. I get excited about. I do the same thing. It's, it's a constant struggle. Yeah. Okay. So one that I am currently listening to the audiobook I'm listening to at the moment is called for the wolf by Hannah Witten. And I think so good. So good. I think we might've previewed it, but that was like three weeks ago. So who can remember? Um, but it is, would you call this like a little red riding hood reimagined? It's yeah, like- it's definitely I and I know the next one I think is Snow White re- but this is all and I, I know this only because so my best friend works at is the creative director at Orbit and did this and did this cover. Um, so for, for, as soon as they basically knew about this book, Lauren was like, Mallory, cause I'm obsessed with werewolves and little red yeah. riding hood. She's like little red riding hood, werewolf book alert. And I was like, give me one of those arcs. Lauren did this cover. Yeah. Uh, well, Elisa, 
uh, I can't remember her last name, but Lisa d- designed the cover, but Lauren art directed it. Yeah. Oh, Cover's man. amazing. And it's, 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 I remember when you talked about it during your, this is what, why it pays to uh, also be a fan of your friends and listen to their podcast, because when you were previewing it uh, for professional book nerds, the, uh, your June, I think it was your June, June preview, yeah. um, you reminded folks, it's definitely not YA. It's very easy to look at this book and think like, oh, this is a YA fantasy. Yeah. Not true. Yeah. It's <laughs> very it's adult. Very, very adult. So, okay. So, for, so basically the way that this works is that there is this kingdom and anytime there's a first daughter born, the first daughter is considered for the throne, quote unquote, and the second daughter is for the wolf. And so basically people don't have second daughters because they are going to have to kind of forfeit it to this super creepy wolf who lives in this like wilder wood. And from every, what everyone can tell this, the base of this woman is being sent to die. And so our main character whose nickname is Red um follow is the second daughter and so we're following red's kind of story as she's sort of sacrificed to the wolf in the wilder wood in hopes that he'll like return all these captured gods from this mess it's this like huge sprawling kind of fantasy world that you're introduced to very very quickly and red at this point like it's like on her 20th birthday and she's basically just like relieved she's like whatever let's get the let's get this over with and it, she ends up kind of being introduced to this wolf and finding out that the wolf is not exactly what she expected either and i don't want to the give wolf away. is also hot yeah yeah you, yeah <laughs> it would, would, it, would it strike you to believe I, I could tell right away when it's like the wolf gives her his coat and she's like and it smells like the cinnamon and the, the autumn leaves i was like oh they're gonna oh, yeah they're this oh thing. yeah <laughs> Um, but it's really, I mean, it's really good. I'm a sucker for any like fantasy like this. So it, it seems to me like if you're a fan of um, like Naomi Navik, like Uprooted or- Yeah, that, that I, I, I saw comps for Uprooted, Bear and the Nightingale, yeah. those kinds of like adult fantasy, like female focused fantasy. Yeah, so I, I'm really, really liking it so far. And that's, I haven't read too many fantasies and I think this might be the only fantasy series I've delved into this year. So I'm excited to- to do this and then forget what this book is about when the second one comes out and then reread this one because I didn't remember the story because that's how it works so extremely <laughs> relatable <laughs> yeah <laughs> Mallory what's your next book uh my next book is a really good pick for pride uh it is the graphic novel the magic fish by Trung Lee Nguyen and it is a, it's a YA graphic novel um Adam you would love this Go and on. it's honestly it is so beautiful so if you are someone who loves graphic novels with like gorgeous art really colorful mm-hmm. this is this is the thing for you and it's about this young boy and he is the um the son of these vietnamese immigrants and the way that he connects with his mother and like tries to help her learn some more english is by going to the library and getting fairy tales uh and reading the fairy tales to his mother and as they're reading them together she's sort of telling him about the vietnamese versions of these same fairy tales like mm-hmm. little mermaid cinderella that she learned in vietnam and kind of comparing it to the versions that um the little boy is learning and America um so it's really cool because it kind of dives in and out of 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 the fairy tales themselves Mm -hmm. um but the the sort of the central conflict in the book is the little the young boy realizes that he's not straight and he's trying to use the language that he's learning from these fairy tales and trying to read more fairy tales to find a way to tell his mother that he's gay Mm -hmm. uh and it is so it's great for huge fairy tale retellings um coming coming out stories um gorgeous graphic novel uh it's just one i read it in one sitting it's so lovely and just such a magical beautiful read for any time but obviously really really good during pride month uh what is your next pick you better read this adam you'll love it that was this so freaking good um 
I have another one that also great for pride, great for all year round, but great for pride. Um, Rainbow Milk by Paul Mendez. Um, I, I, I put this on my TBR because of you. <laughs> yeah. So this, I know I've probably mentioned, I've talked about, I think, oh, you know what? I put it in the reading glasses slack yes. where I was talking about it. I was like, where did I talk about this? Um, so Rainbow Milk for everyone can probably hear holding in the background barking. Um, because it's how he lives his life. So he has opinions. He's got big opinions about Rainbow Milk. So Rainbow Milk is the story of Jesse, who is um, a young British queer male who was kicked out of the um, kicked out of the Jehovah's Witness family and community that he grew up in, and it's basically because of a thing that happened where he was out drinking with someone, and like it ends up kind of being a good decision for him because he you know couldn't really live the way that he wanted to live his own life in that community anyway um and so it follows his story of becoming a sex worker and then working in a bunch of bars and restaurants and sort of like finding himself and it's just going through his life and it's it's so beautifully written and then the, the, actually the first chunk of the story is this um basically a really brief maybe like 50 pages um explanation of his grandfather who is a Jamaican immigrant who and it's written like entirely in Patois so it takes a little getting used to to the first chunk and then it just like abruptly shifts to Jesse's story but it is very um it's sort of it's not entirely autobiographical but it's very much the life that Paul lived he was kicked out of the Jehovah's Witness he worked as a sex worker for a while he worked in restaurants so a lot of the stories it was actually just like pulled out of a diary that he kept for himself and then decided, um, I'm actually, like, he pitched it to his, to, like, he sold it as a book, pitched it, and then after it was due, was like, um, no, I'm going to rewrite this in third person, and I'm going to make it less That's about me entirely. Yeah, and, then, like, I guess his publisher was just like, fine, all right, do whatever you want to do, which is, like, pretty Hell awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's beautiful. It very much, this one of those books where I finished it and it's much like um, The Prophets by Robert Jones Jr. I was just like, I can't stop thinking about it. And it's so beautiful and heartbreaking and all of the feels. So highly recommend it. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. Definitely trigger warnings for anything dealing with sex work. And there, uh, there is some very graphic, explicit sexual con uh, content. And Paul explains like, I wanted it to be realistic. He's like, you don't see these relationships of young gay black men with older white men he's like so i just wanted to kind of put that on the page and not romanticize any of this so um content warning for that but it is so great and just beautiful so what is uh what is your next one mallory uh oh, yes i'm very excited to read that uh okay. my next pick is another favorite author of mine that had a book that came out recently it is a.s king uh her new book switch which is a ya weird fiction uh story for professional book nerds who don't know me, I'm obviously a huge fan of weird fiction. You love uh, A.S. King. You do love I love her so much. I've, I, I now own every book she's ever written. Um, I just adore her. She's incredible. Uh, but she has this new book and she wrote the book before the pandemic started. So um, just you should know that she didn't mean to do this, but the book, it's, it's about this teenage girl and in, in this world on in the middle of June, 2020, time stopped. Like, Complete time completely stopped. Like the day kept going, day went into night, and like, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. thing like the things in the world didn't stop, but time itself stopped. There was no clocks would not work anymore, timers would not work anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so in the world of of this book for for like six months, I think six or eight months, they've all been living in this strange world where there's no time. And uh, so all the teenagers of the world, like all the schools have assigned like a special project for the for the kids to like, okay, well, you are, are tasked, your, your group project for the year is trying to figure out a hypothetical way to either fix it, turn back time, come up with a new version of time. Um, so that's all going on in the background while the main character um her family has kind of fallen apart uh there's a bunch of bad things that have happened like her mom has left uh her older sister is very abusive um i i want to say content warning for that but her older sister never comes in they, they, we, you never meet her you only hear yeah. about it so you're not um it's not as graphic as it could be mm-hmm. um and her father the way that her father's been dealing with it has just been like uh putting plywood up all around their home Mm -hmm. like uh just like nailing pieces of plywood over things and um cover covering things up uh so what she does every night is she goes around with a crowbar and pulls all the nails out and tries to undo it and it's like this really interesting metaphor for how like the as adults get older they just don't want to deal with anything and Mm -hmm. teenagers are like no let's actually talk about this stuff let's actually deal about deal with these things um and it's 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 all this amazing metaphor for how why people should give a shit, how people can give a shit, how you learn how to do so, how to how adults need to relearn how to do those things because mm-hmm. we all love to make fun of teenagers and how much they care about things and how passionate they are, uh, but oftentimes they're right. <laughs> and uh, I, that's something I love about A.S. King is in her book she really explores um, the the theme that when you're a teenager you're sort of taught that the adults in your life are always correct, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, teens do know better, um, <laughs> especially with social issues and things that are going on. So um, A.S. King writes kids and teens with such respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, because of that, her books just seem, I you never will read an A.S. King book and be like, oh, teens don't actually talk like that. Like she, it just has such a ring of truth. It's yes. so fantastic. Uh, so that's Switch by A.S. King. And I, I absolutely loved it. I'm like, again, going to be one of my favorite books of the year. Uh, what is your next one? So my next one is The Haunting of Alma Fielding, which is a true ghost story. Sorry for people that I are I want to listen- read this. Yeah. Okay. So sorry for people that are listening to this that also listen to Reading Glasses that are in the Reading Glasses Slack channel, because I'm realizing that a few of my picks now, I like put in the now reading part of the, I like the Reading well, Glasses Well, they get a special preview. Yeah. The Reading Glasses Slack channel is well and truly the best place on the internet. I oh, it's, it's my the- favorite place online. <sighs> I love it so, so much. So The Haunting of Alma Fielding. This is so it's by Kate Summerscale and this is super interesting. I didn't know I'm definitely and I know that you will appreciate this. It's June. So it's pre spooky season right now. So it's basically spooky season. So anything that involves the word witches or ghost or scary or spooky. I'm in. I mean, I'm in. It could be. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, it could be January and I would do this anyway, but it's pretty spooky season right now. So this is set in London in 1939. And this is a true, like this is stuff that actually happened. And so Alma Fielding is this person who they live in like this modest house and basically picture like paranormal activity where like shit's flying off the walls and like China's shattering and beetles just kind of like show up under her clothes and all of this stuff. It's basically, she claims that she, is being haunted and so this was like a huge thing in the 1930s especially in england like people would claim that they're haunted and either try to like fake it with obviously practical effects or they would think that they really were haunted and like so anytime you watch like one of those movies like one of those like blumhouse movies 
where you're like, how do they do all those practical effects? People in the 30s in London were just doing this shit to try and fool other people. And Oh, yeah. They did some really wacky things. Insane. To the point where there's this another one of the main people. His name is Nandor Fodor. I wanted to look that up, make sure I got his name right. He's a Jewish-Hungarian refugee who... He's a chief ghost hunter for the, and this is a real live thing, International Institute for Psychical Research. They basically look into cases, try to determine if shit's real, set up tests to see if they can like recreate it. They hold seances, they do all of this stuff. And so it's like all of this, like the story is mixed in between Alma's like house and what's going on there. And also like the specter of fascism, like going over Europe and like the obsession of like the Nazis with like mysticism and all these things and like trying oh, yeah, to figure the out. Nazis that. were very weirdly obsessed with the occult. Super into the occult. So weird. And like, it's just this very, like, it's just trying to unpack whether or not that they could determine whether or not this person was faking it or, or they weren't because Alma would do these things where like, almost like she wanted the attention in addition to like, she would do these things that they couldn't explain, but then she would do things where they could very easily explain how she was faking it. And they're like, what the hell is going on? Is she just like, I mean, it's, it's so interesting. And I, I want to read this book so bad. It's so good. And it's like, it's just weird. It's like, it looks at, at a very creepy story from a very scientific standpoint. And yeah, I don't know. It was really, it. really great. Good stuff. Um, what is your next one, Mallory? Mine is, I can't, I can't remember if you guys talked about this. I don't think you did. Uh, came out a couple months ago. Um, it's called Good Neighbors by Sarah Langan. And it is, it's like a, dem- I want it is horror but it's it's very much in the it's like if you if, it's like Sarah Langan took Shirley Jackson's The Lottery and made it into an entire novel oh my god say more things like that <laughs> it's it's really great so it takes place on on Long Island and it's sort of like a near future I think it takes place in like 2024 or 2030 or something um and so global warming is really intense um but it's this family who has moved into this Long Island neighborhood. And the Long Island neighborhood is like very, one of those neighborhoods that has their own, they have their own website and Slack group. And like, everybody has to look a certain way and do their lawn a certain way. And oh. this family is not that. The, the father is sort of a washed up rock star. The mom is a washed up beauty pageant winner um, who wear like, wears very revealing clothing. The dad is covered in tattoos. One of the kids they believe uh, is on the autism spectrum spectrum. And, um, and, you know, so he has some, some habits that other kids might not understand. Uh, basically this family just doesn't fit into the picture perfect world that this neighborhood is trying to cultivate and tensions sort of arise right away. And what happens over the course of the summer is a sinkhole opens up in the middle of the neighborhood. And yes. Okay. I'm remembering this now. Yes. This tragedy happens and it ends up getting blamed on this family for almost no reason mm-hmm. um and sort of all the all the underlying tensions of the neighborhood spiral out of control it's not a scary book but it's a horrifying book mm-hmm. if that makes sense it is just because you get it's almost good for folks who really like small town books because you're getting a bunch of the other stories of other people in the neighborhood and like why they're all so screwed up and like sort of what the the explanation is behind their bad behavior mm-hmm. it's really fascinating uh, very claustrophobic kind of book um and what's interesting is throughout throughout the book um you're getting these like pieces of interviews and books about what happened on the um like the what happened with the sinkhole ended up becoming sort of this like infamous 
not urban legend, but sort of infamous story. So there was all these books about it and magazine mm-hmm. and articles about it. So you're getting snippets of those. So I love a book that you know something scary is happening, but you don't know why or how. Yeah. So like she'll open up a chapter with talking about, ah, yes, the great tragedy of uh, on, on this uh, on the street with the sinkhole. And you'd be like, wait, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And so it's really, really good. Really, really tense. Again, it's like it's like a novel length version of the lottery. And yeah. it's... Um, it's a blast. So that's uh, Good Neighbors by Sarah Langan. Uh, what is your next one? Uh, at first, I have to tell you, speaking of Shirley Jackson, I owe you. My favorite words. Yeah, exactly. So I owe you. I remember when I was listening, like before we had even become friends and I was just a little reading glasses listener. And I was, I remember walking through, I like specifically remember where I was. I was walking through a neighborhood with my dogs and I was living with my sister in all the time because my house was being built and it was taking forever. And you brought up Shirley Jackson's memoirs, Life Among the Savages and Raising Demons. And Love them. you were like, I, you were, you and Bria were talking and you were like, so what a lot of people don't realize is Shirley Jackson was funny as hell. I was like, what's she talking about? And I remember like I went and I borrowed them like immediately. And they are so just like, this is just a, if you haven't read Life Among the Savages or the, the second one, Raising Demons, they're, they're so good. They're so funny. They're just like her, it's Shirley Jackson writing about like the domestic life that she lives in addition. Oh to yeah. Like she turns cleaner. that because what makes her books for me so good is that she has that eye where she pays attention to things that other people might not. Uh, she's mm-hmm. also a very anxious person. Um, so there's all these like little, little details that really make up the, the genius of Shirley Jackson, but she turns that eye onto her kids and tells these hilarious stories yeah. of, you know, trying to get her just just like one essay I forget which book it's in but it's just like her, about her trying to get her kids ready for school mm-hmm. and it is so fun I don't even have children yeah. and it is like they're if folks are looking for like a really great beach read a really fun summer read <sighs> both of those books by Shirley Jackson they are timeless they are hilarious they're really easy reads and they're really really yeah incredible. they're they're so so good and so yes I like I remember that like vividly being like I like I said, we hadn't even met yet. We weren't friends or anything. I just remember being like, wow, these sound amazing. And, and they were. So there's that. The next book I want to talk about is called Second Place by Rachel Cusk. Um, I have not heard of this. Okay. So I have a friend. Her name is Julia. She runs a very popular like foodie blog and Instagram called Beard and Broad with her husband, who is very beardy. I went to high school with them. I've known them since like seventh grade. She and I have this friendship where she's also like, she's as big a reader as you and I, and she loves books that I hate. Like, um, I'll come on and say it. I hate Stanley Rooney books. I know I'm in the minority, but I don't like books where I don't think there's a redeemable person in them. It bothers me. I want to root. I'm I'm the same way. I put down several books recently because I feel the same way. And I'm aware. I know I'm in the minority. Sally Rooney books get like a 1.5 million print copy first run now. I, I get it. Julia, my friend, loves these books because she loves reading about people that she just kind of would hate. And that's why I told her she would freaking love Second Place by Rachel Cusk because my God, is there a character who is just infuriating. So it's the story of this woman who she lives in this kind of like out of nowhere place with her husband and, and her family, kind of like on this farm and they're in this like coastal region and she gets obsessed with this artist and she sort of like starts mailing letters back and forth with him and invites him to come stay with them for a while and they have this cabiny type of a place off of their home called the second place is what they call it and so this artist comes and he brings his like young significant other with him 
and it like infuriates her because deep down inside she like had a thing for him and yeah and like it's you slowly come to learn that this dude is just a piece of garbage like he's just a shithead to everyone hold on hold on an artist who dates women that are much younger than him being a piece of garbage i surprise surprise you guys can't see it but mallory is stunned right now i'm so Uh, so so shocked but like he just like they do things where like they put on this like little evening of like art and culture where like one of the people living in the house reads this like book this like fantasy book that he had written like reads like the first section of it and like all these different stuff and the dude is just a total dick to everyone the whole time and like he trashes the second place and all these things and it's like it's just basically the story of like their relationship back and forth to all these people and like every single chapter made me infuriated that said the book is great it's well written and if you enjoy things like sally rooney type of books or like um there's another one called which many people do a lot of people do i again i'm aware that i'm very much in the minority here there's another book that was very similar to this i'm like scrolling trying to find it um oh my god uh topics of conversation by miranda popke like the same thing a lot of characters i just didn't care for very well written so if you like stuff like sally rooney you would love second place by rachel cusk it's well written it's a good book I just hated this character so much that I was like, jump into this page and punch it, this guy. Exactly. What's your next one, Mallory? Uh, so my next book is a book that I mentioned on next week's episode of reading glasses. Um, but I want to talk more about it here because I've gotten, it's funny because we don't really review books on, on reading glasses. We just don't like at the top of the show, we talk about what we're reading mm-hmm. and often we've just started these books. So there's like what we've described that, that the book is about might take sort of a turn. And that's exactly what happened here. And it's this book um, by an author that I love. It's called Welcome to the Pine Away Cabin and Motels by Katarina Bavald. It's translated by Alice Menzies from the Swedish. Uh, she wrote a book that I'm obsessed with called The Reader's Broken Wheel Recommend. It's one of my favorite like feel good books ever. Uh, but this book um, is really, really fun. It's about this woman and she has lived in this small town in Oregon her entire life with, she runs this like crappy rundown motel with her best friend uh, who's gay and her, the love of her life when she was in high school moved away and became a famous geologist. Um, And their other best friend ended up moving away and moving to Los Angeles. so it's just like the, these two best friends. And at the beginning of the book, and this is not a spoiler, it's also kind of a content warning because if it's like upsetting to you, just so you know, she dies. Like first chapter, she gets hit by a truck. Um, and what happens is she's she, com- she comes back as a ghost. And she's, at first she's sort of confused. She's like, why am I not dead? Like what's happening? And she slowly realizes that she's going to be stuck here for a while. And she, what she wants to do is start making the people in her, that were helping to, to make the people in her life happy because she realizes that in the wake of her death like her best friend is, is, is still miserable and is like not okay with herself her father is still miserable um her two friend uh, um the, the the two people that left came back for her funeral and they're still unhappy so she's like all right well if i'm going to be stuck as a ghost i'm going to wander around this town and see what i can do to try to make the people in my life um love their life again mm-hmm. and it, it it's great because I, I mentioned it in the small town because the next episode of reading glasses is all about small town books which is people are a huge fan of so it's interesting because you're getting an, a look into a small town book and like in a way that i've never seen before because she's uh-huh. a ghost so she can like wander through walls and listen to everybody's conversation so you're seeing all the people in the town but what i didn't realize when i talked about it on reading glasses and what now i'm about halfway through it um 
one of the big events that sort of tore this town apart a few years ago was this um, coalition of Christian organizers wanted to make it illegal, wanted to make gay marriage illegal, wanted to make it illegal to even talk about being gay in the in, in high school and all these things. And all the main characters obviously think that's bullshit. And so that's part of the reason why two of them um, moved away. It's part of the reason why the main character and her best friend tried to not really interact with the town because they're a lot of people who are bigots who live there and so that another one of the things that she wants to do now, now that she's dead is she's like how can i fix these small-minded motherfuckers in this town <laughs> um and it's it's really great it's a great small town book um it's really beautiful it's it's such an interesting look at a small town that uh i'm really really enjoying it so that's welcome to the pine away motel and cabins by katarina Vivald. have you read the night always comes by willie vlotten no Okay, it just came out this year, and it is another small town. So I love a small town story. I love a small town book. Love a small town book. Right now, this is what happens. Anytime Adam and I talk to each other, we're like, "Have you read this?" And then our TBRs grow by a million. It just books. grow and grow and grow. Yeah, the night always comes by Willie Blotton. I think I talked about it. it was like March or early April. Okay, that's why I was like, um, so it's the story of Lynette is the main character, and Lynette is she's like barely thirty, and she's has horrible credit and she's she's juggling with multiple jobs and some of them are legal um which is great and she's living with her mom who is just kind of a terrible person and a terrible person to her and also is living with her dis, her develop me developmentally disabled brother kenny and is very much responsible for kenny most of the day but then he goes and works his jobs and they have a chance to buy their home that they're renting right now. And at the last minute, when they think that they're good to go and she's worked so hard to get all this money, her mom's like, no, I changed my mind and just buys a very fancy car with the money that they were saving up. And so Lynette's like, what the fuck, mom? What are you, what, why, why did you do that? And they, it, what ends up happening is it's the story of Lynette's night trying to raise all of the money that they're going to need to buy this house and what ends up happening. And like, it's one of these interesting stories where I love a framing of a book when the, you introduce, I feel like anytime you're introduced to an initial character in a story, you, there's like this subtle trust that you immediately get where like, that's the person we're supposed to root for. That's the first person we're meeting. That's the main character. And so when you meet Lynette, you see that like the first couple of chapters, you see Lynette taking care of her develop development developmentally disabled brother and you're like wow she's a great person and then you meet her mom and you're like wow her mom's an asshole and what ends up happening is you slowly see that Lynette is also not a great person and like it's just like a very it's like slowly dismantles what you think you're supposed to feel for this family I and just put a hole on it via over, overdrive so. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'm um, excited. yeah it's so good and it's just like I don't know I love stories that are like high stakes for a small number of people or just like specifically about inter family relationships and things and like it just it's so beautifully written and it's very heartbreaking and it's very tough to read but I don't know I just I love when you when a specific framing is set up in a book where you're like this is who you think you're supposed to like and then you slowly learn that you're not supposed to like that person. So yeah, The Night Always Comes by Willie Blotton. Uh, it came out in April and it is just delightful. So um, what is uh, your next one, Mallory? My next book is um, a book that came out last year. So if you're doing the Professional Book Nerds Challenge and you're looking for a, a book that came out in 2020, this is a great one. It's a Parakeet, Parakeet uh, by Marie Helene Bertino. 
Um, it's another weird fiction book. Uh, it's really fun. Also another book that takes place in Long, I Long Island for some reason. Um, Bria, my, my reading glasses co-host was the one who told me to, to read this. Um, and it's about this woman and um, Adam actually kind of ties into the, what made me think of the, this next one to talk about um, besides the fact that I wrote it recently mm -hmm. is that um, this woman is not super, you, you start liking her, but then you start to see all the other parts of her life. Uh -huh. um, it's about this woman and she is staying in this Long Island hotel for it's the week before she gets married. Um, and the, the, she's sitting there in the hotel and one day this parakeet comes in and it's speaking to her in the voice of her dead grandmother what? <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, starts giving her instructions and things that she needs to do and she doesn't want to listen to it um but uh she ends up having to um and it's all it's basically her realizing all the mistakes that she's made in life and like where where she's going if you love a book where a character is realizing that all the things that they've done have never actually made them happy and they need to do the thing that makes them happy mm -hmm. this is a good book for you yeah. it's very weird it's very surreal she realized she basically is realizing that she doesn't like her job um and the current the, like the kernel at the center of the book is this really traumatic event that happened to her and you're realizing that she never really got over it and the way that she coped with it has been to sort of close herself off and that's how she ended up in this job that she doesn't like in this marriage that she's that really not suited for um and her very uh strange sibling um and the grandmother who is talking to her through the voice of this weird parakeet are trying to help guide her into happiness. And it's very strange. It's very fun to read. It's a pretty quick book. Um, again, I read it through Overdrive. Uh, it's a blast. So that is Parakeet, parakeet by Marie Colleen Bertino. Nice. Um, all right, we got time for one more each. So I'm going to do, I don't know if I've ever talked about this in the show. Um, maybe you guys talked about it before the coffee gets cold. Um, no. So this is by, and I, apologize, I think I'm going to get this right, Toshikazu Kawaguchi. Um, it was translated by Jeffrey Truzala, Truzalet, Truzalet. Man, I was not expecting the Japanese name to be the easier one of the, the two easy to, one to pronounce. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is really, really interesting. It's a coffee shop where if you are sitting in one particular seat in this coffee shop at a certain time of day, you can get a special cup of coffee and you can go back in time. I think Bria talked about this book. I think so. I remember, I remember hearing- This sounds like a Bria, Bria book. Yeah, I remember hearing one of you two. It was it was Bria because it, she was talking about how like she loves a magical realism uh, food book. Yeah, this thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this book definitely counts for that. Yeah, Bria and I are simpatico on that. So we there's four different visitors, and each of them is hoping to go back in time using this cafe's time traveling offer. And there is a bunch of things that people need to know. You can only stay in back in time is for as long as a cup of coffee takes to get cold. You can't get up. Yes. From okay. I'm remembering this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You can't get up from the seat that you're in and no matter what you do, it's not going to change like the outcome. Yes. Okay. And so four different people go back in time. Uh, one of them is to confront the, one of them is this woman who wants to confront this man who left her. This other one received a letter from her husband who has early onset Alzheimer's. Um, there's two more. Um, one of them wants to see their sister one last time. And then another one wants to meet the daughter that they never got a chance to know. And these like seemingly impossible things of how could they change, make any difference. And the way that the story shows how they do something slightly different to either bring themselves or someone else inner peace, despite the fact that they can't change anything is just so beautiful. And 
it like the point of the story really isn't to resolve anything it's just like to, I feel like it's to make you feel a certain emotions and to bring you help you come to terms with certain things in your own life and it's so beautiful and they're actually I don't know I'm looking it up in real time there is a second there appears to be a second one before the coffee gets cold tales from the cafe I wonder if we have this on overdrive but yeah before the coffee gets cold by Toshikazu Kawaguchi it looks like the second one might not be translated yet into uh into English which would be a bummer oh no we do have it guys we have the sound oh it's a UK oh isn't that I actually just special ordered two books from the UK because I couldn't wait for them to come out in the US it's it's like such a relatable pain Uh, and I know that there are definitely UK readers that are like oh something's not out here or it's up but it's out in the US Mm -hmm. yeah so before the coffee gets cold. And if you're a UK listener, you can enjoy the second one as well. So let me know how that is. Um, Mallory, what's your last pick? My last book, which I didn't talk about reading glasses and I know that you two haven't talked about, talked about, it's a um, YA graphic novel that I love. It's called Cast No Shadow by Nick Tapolansky and by artist Anissa Espinosa. And it's this really adorable story about this teen boy who he was born without a shadow and he lives in this really small town. He's lived in the small town his whole life. And one day he's exploring the spooky house in the, on the, on the edge of town. And there's a ghost there and he gets a crush on the ghost. I don't know why I keep reading books with a ghost characters and B people who like get crushes on ghosts. I think I'm going to have to put it into my wheelhouse because I keep reading books like that. And I love Mm -hmm. them. Um, But it's, this is such a fun, cute, quick summer read about these two boy with no shadow and a girl ghost who, and she's from, I think like a hundred years before um, and they fall in love with each other. But of course something goes wrong in the town that threatens to pull them apart. Uh, I believe it there. I think they're going to be, tearing the house down or something like that and they're they're both panicking because they don't know what to do and they're trying to figure out how to solve the problem um it's so adorable and so fun and if you love things it's great for people who love spooky things but don't like don't want a horror book you know Mm -hmm. what i mean don't want to be scared but just like want fun spooky ghost fun things uh this is a really great one um and i adored it highly recommend for a summer read uh that's cast no shadow uh by nick tapolansky and anisa espinosa um i will say lastly if some if you also want something else spooky this kind of like middle grady uh scratch scratch by Lindsay carey is so freaking good writing that down i've yeah, never heard scratch. of it there's actually i'm looking behind me i might have to do it before when we when we stop the recording here she has another book that just came out that is also delightful um okay everybody i'm gonna wrap this up so that i can stop our recording and say goodbye to mallory before my meeting but um yeah once again as always mallory you literally woke up to the book signal so thank you for doing this <laughs> I'm, I'm ready anytime uh, you are the <laughs> i'm best. always ready to talk about a bazillion books oh uh, well i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the professional book nerds podcast Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.